Yesterday, Aidan Coban was found guilty on all five counts related to the online sextortion of Amanda Todd, a name we have come to know so well over the last 10 years. This included extortion, harassment, communication with a young person to commit a sexual offense, possession of child pornography, and distribution of child pornography. Carol Todd is Amanda Todd's mom. She joins us on the line now. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? Carol, it's really good of you to give us some time this morning. Thank you for that. I'd like you to take us to the moment when the guilty verdict was announced. What went through your mind and just what was that whole experience like? I was just thinking about that. Um, (laughs) And it keeps replaying in my head. Um, Of course, my concern was that on some of the charge counts, it would become not guilty and um, I was most concerned about the child pornography charges, but when the jury foreperson um, said guilty out loud, it was just my heart. Just, uh, it, it, it's really hard to explain, but I was just so happy to hear those words. Were you expecting to hear them? I was hoping to hear them. Um, I don't know what I was expecting, Um but I'm so glad that um, the jury was able to sift through all the evidence. Um, it was it was just incredible. I'm really glad that I was able to attend every day for the nine weeks and hear and see everything that the, the jury saw and heard. Um, my my biggest concern was there was so much evidence and testimony that um, it would be impossible to sift through and, and organize, but. Crown did a really excellent job in bringing it all together in their closing argument. Yeah, and then guilty on all five accounts. Did you ever think this day would come? Honestly, uh, I had my doubts through the whole process. It, it's been um, when you when you look at the the testimony, right? Evidence. Um, this all started for Amanda in 2009 when she was alive, of course. And um, do I have any regrets? I, I, I wish I had pushed harder back then um, in order to get something accomplished, I guess. Um, and then she died in 2012. Um, and then Aiden Sylvan was arrested in January of 2014. And it was a big process to you know, lay the charges, get the um, extradition treaties signed off um, by the federal government. Um, and, of course, Mr. Coban appealed through the whole process. So there were, there were doubts in my mind that this would happen. But um, at each step, when we heard that, you know, we got a little further, it was, it was hope. It was a lot of hope. And then um, when he finally arrived here and the court process started, um, it gave me a lot of confidence that it would indeed happen. There were a lot of delays because the trial was originally slated to start October of last year, and then it got postponed to January of this year, and then it got postponed to June of this year. Um, so there, there was a lot of worry in there for me. Um, but it started on June the 6th, and here we are today. Yeah. 
Carol, I don't know if you can truly know this, but as the guilty verdict was announced, a lot of people heard it and they were relieved for you, complete strangers. What has it been like to go through the traumatic events that you have from losing your daughter in 2012 up until now so publicly? Because grieving is a very private experience often, but for you, everything's played out before the public eyes. It has. Um, And... Do I have any regrets about that? No. Um, although some people would think that, um, would think the opposite. That, um, And I have gotten comments on my social media that, you know, I was seeking attention or, or whatever, but... Um, That's ridiculous. Amanda, and Amanda put a video out to share her story, and that was all part of when the publication ban was in effect, and I decided to to try and fight that one, right? Um, And I truly believe that Amanda wanted her story heard out there. Um, And this is what happened to her, like when you go through the video again, and there was bullying, cyberbullying, mental health, um, the exploitation. Yeah. And and those things are meant to be out in the public because for me, myself, as a, you know, strong advocate, um, and an educator, I believe that telling real stories help make change oh, yeah. in, in the public yeah. in the public eye. And I've received so many um, stories of um, parents who have heard the story. They started the conversations with the young person, and the young person all of a sudden, you know, admitted to the parents that I was bullied or right. I was exploited online, and it, it led to getting them support or going to the police or whatever. So um, I think this this is what something that Amanda wanted, right? By first of all, sharing. And and when she shared her video, I did, I did give her heck for doing that because I thought, why are you putting yourself out in, in the public like that? Right. After what you've gone through. And she just said, I want others to know. And I want, I want others to know that they can get help. So that those, those words, drove me forward and um yes i you know 10 10 years of of sharing her story out there in different parts of the world but it, it's all worth it because if if we can if amanda's story can change one life which it has um she would be i i believe as her mom she would be so um proud to hear that. I'm sure. I'm sure. The trial hinged on the identity of what the Crown has called the sextortionist that used 22 online aliases to sexually blackmail Amanda over four episodes before she took her life in 2012. And the Crown argued that one person operated all those accounts and that it was Coban. What your daughter went through a decade ago seemed, I think, at the time uh, to be fringe to folks, maybe even rare. It, it seemed far-fetched. But I've done stories on child trafficking, and it, and it happens commonly. Uh, sextortionists uh, have been operating in the field for a long time. It's very common. You know, a user can set up various accounts. Uh, there's more sophisticated software to mask identity. So when you talked earlier about regret that you didn't do something earlier, say in 2009... I think you could be easier on yourself just given that it was a different time and our awareness of what can happen online now has changed so much. So I wonder, just my last question for you is, what do you want people, the general public, to take away from all of this? Well, 
in, in this particular chapter of Amanda's story on sextortion and exploitation and human trafficking, I want people to understand that this isn't something that should be taken lightly. Um, it, yes, it has been, you know, 12 years since Amanda started and, and her exploitation occurred on YouTube and Facebook and Skype, which um, we know that young people don't necessarily use those platforms anymore. They've moved on to other platforms. But it's not about chasing the platforms. It's about chasing the, the and explaining the behaviors that happen online and and what needs to be talked about in terms of privacy. So you talk to a young person and, you know, if someone asks you to share share images or um, private information, you need to really think about um, if I share it, what's going to happen, yeah. um, what could happen. And, and sextortion right now is, is in the media. Um, the RCMP are talking about it. The FBI are talking about it. it, it it's something that we all have to dig a little deeper and, and talk about and learn more about because it's so, as we know with Amanda, I mean, 12 years ago, it's so, it can occur so easily um, and, and in a blink of an eye and it could have a lifetime of ramifications as we know. So Carol, you know, that, that's all the it. time we have for today, but I wanted to thank you so much for coming on and sharing uh, this chapter of Amanda's story with us. Thank you for having me.